0: Learn to love yourself. Be mm-hmm. easy on yourself. We're all here to learn. We're human. We make mistakes. It, you can't hold on to that for the rest of your life. Believe me, I've, I've hauled down to things that until I released my first book, I didn't let go of. I thought I did because I was able to talk about it, but I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So know that you're, you're good enough. I think we're so hard on ourselves. And, you know, someone makes a comment and we take it to heart and we think that that is true. And You don't need other people to tell you you have value if you know you have value. And I think that's the hardest part is knowing you have value.
1: Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way,
2: find a way. Hey, 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 I am Christoph Jenkins of The Poet Life and The Poet Life Podcast, and on today, I say on today because usually I say this evening because I record at night, but today I'm recording during the day. You see the sunlight right there? And I am excited to have Sonia Iris Lozada. How are you?
0: I am great. I'm so happy to be on your show.
2: I'm happy to have you on the show. It's it's really exciting, Uh, you know, the way our connection came about and uh the conversations that we've been having is has has been so genuine. And uh, you know, like I said, this is not an interview, it's just a fun, fun, cool conversation that we're gonna have and just to learn more about you.
0: I'm I'm here for whatever you wanna ask.
2: Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so, so Sonia, talk to me, talk to me. So, so I know we were. You know, off air, we were talking about the things that you have going on as it relates to the poetry industry and poetry community. And uh, uh, where where did poetry come in for you? Like, w- What stage in life, like where were you in life and, and how did that affect you?
0: Um, I grew up in Chicago and it was a low income. It was the hood. We just didn't have any gangs. We had <laughs> it was poor, you know. And it was like the melting pot of Chicago is okay. where all the neighborhoods met, like in the middle. And it's called Bucktown. And Bucktown had a big Eastern European uh, section. Okay. And the reason I was told it was called Bucktown was because they had goats on the roof. So they had bucks on the roof. Yeah. So um, that one is, uh, I, I grew up there and, you know, growing up in a difficult time, a place, you, 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 you have to figure out what to do with your anxiety. You know, you could play sports, you, um, write, And I did both. I was in a baseball team, actually softball. I was in a volleyball team and I find that many people that grew up in like the hood, uh, have a bit of anxiety you're always on edge you know you always have to be alert to everything and the essence of who i was was getting lost in that so the poetry i just started writing po- poetry cuz i didn't show it to anybody i would throw it in a drawer hide it i didn't want anybody to look at it but it was more the authentic me and i started as a kid so i guess i had st- <laughs> i had anxieties as a child mm.
2: It, well, let me ask you about the throwing it in the drawer. Is it because, mm-hmm. or was it because poetry wasn't cool or was it the content? That
0: you um, were- No, I was, uh, I thought poetry was very cool. You know, mm-hmm. we had poetry in school. We had it all, you know, so to me it was, it was great. That was one of the things of growing up in a tougher neighborhood. You have people do it. I just didn't want people to know me. I didn't want them to know mm-hmm what was hurting me i didn't i felt that it, i was too vulnerable gotcha. and i didn't want to be vulnerable
2: yeah yeah so that was your safe space that was my safe space yeah the pad was your friend then the pen was your friend yep gotcha okay so how did you know about poetry like what what inspired you to pick up the pen
0: But when I was a little kid, you know, you start writing and it's uh, roses are red and violets are blue Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. You know, you always want to rhyme everything. Right. But then I had an amazing fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Lerner, and she was a hippie. She was I thought she was so cool. She had the round glasses, long hair and everything. And so I said you know, uh, I I like writing. And so she was very pro writing. She introduced me to newer poets, you know, as a, as a fifth grader, you're only 10 years old. And, uh, and so that's how I got started into writing a different format. You know, she told me it was okay not to rhyme, because at to that point, I thought you had to rhyme everything.
2: Right, right. Yeah, well, Quiet as it's kept uh, you know we were raised on poetry like people are raised on poetry if you think about it like Mm -hmm. we were taught how to read through poetry Mm -hmm. you know like you said roses are red, violets are blue you know and um, uh, even the alphabet and and how we learned uh, you know sounds of letters and things of that nature but like people don't really think of that um you know dr seuss all of that is all of that is poetry and i had have, have to really think about it like it's poetry is like the foundation of so many things of all things almost you look know look at all
0: yeah look at yeah. all the books you had to read as a child it's really That's poetry it's verse by verse on each page yeah. you have all the drawings but it's a verse
2: yeah. yeah 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 you don't think you really don't think about it like this is you just you're just rhyming and you're learning and you're not thinking, you know, this is, this is poetry. And, and, you know, we've been using poetry as a tool, as an educational tool since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I, 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 that's why it's so interesting to me to hear people say that there's no money in poetry and there's no, you know, like it's just poetry. Nothing is just poetry. hmm you know what I mean, and and uh, I I I do my best to highlight the importance of poetry, and uh, I'm excited to have you on, uh, just to explore, you know, where it came in for you and where it has taken you. And so, with your writing, right, at that stage of life, around what age area was was that?
0: Um, well, that was when I was about ten years old,
2: around ten. Yeah. Okay. And
0: I i mean, I wrote stuff before that, but that at, at the age of 10 is where I really learned that poetry doesn't have to rhyme. Gotcha. Poetry can be free verse. Mm. And then what I started doing was I started using some of my poetry to create lyrics because I was a singer. Okay. So I come from a musical family on my mom's side. They're all musicians. So I used that to create lyrics. And I actually in my 20s recorded with uh, Bob Casale of Devo. He produced one of my demos. So I was more like, yeah, you know, that never went anywhere, but it was exciting to do that and to have my lyrics turned into, I mean, my poetry turned into lyrics.
2: Gotcha. You know, it's funny you say that. We have a course at Poet Life University that actually teaches uh poets how to transform their poems into songs really yes
0: that's that's cool i gotta check that one out
2: yeah it's it's really really, that's one of our new newer courses um taught by tyra mckenzie and uh it's it's going to be awesome it starts i think this month at the end of this month and and uh you know that's why i say poetry is the foundation of so many things because um what is a song a song is a poem with 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 music behind it or with it you know uh coupled with it and and for for poets to find out that they can do so, so much more with their poetry i think it can really empower them to say you know i actually can do a whole lot with my with my writing you know yeah
0: and I think the idea of spoken word is amazing for sure. You know, granted the beat gets a little tired, the same beat over and over again, mm-hmm. but I love the expression of it. I love that it's, you're up there and there's a beat. And if you look at it, everything has a beat and you, and with poetry, you just have to tweak the beat to make it a lyric.
2: Okay. So where, how did you learn to transform your poems into lyrics?
0: Since I come from a musical family, my family right. would play for the holidays. And then I started hearing my poetry and how they were playing. You know, so I'm like, oh mm-hmm. wait, I could I could put my my poetry to this, you know? And music is moving. I mean, that's why they have it in so many films. It's it really moves you and it's inspiring. I interviewed a poet and she gets all her poetry from listening to music.
2: Wow. She's yeah. inspired by music.
0: Right. So then she, she, that's how she gets her ideas, but it does, it's very moving. I mean, music can make you cry. And if you add lyrics to that, that show the pain that you've gone mm-hmm. through by showing it and not telling it, and then you add the music and you have something very powerful there.
2: For sure. Yeah. Did you, did you know how to read music at the time?
0: No, I actually had to study it.
2: Got you.
0: My family works from, um, uh, Hold on one second, because I turned this off, and it's still on. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're fine. Um, yeah, so I, I had to learn how to read and write it. I actually, I learned how to write read it way before I learned how to write it, because I took piano lessons as a kid. So I had to learn you know, all my scales, how to read music, and all of that. And it's funny because I still have those books and I look at them and I can't even read the notes anymore. I go, wow, there's too many notes. I feel like the guy in Mozart, there's too many notes. Yeah. And uh, so, and then I learned how to, how to write it in college.
2: Okay. Got you. So, so are you still into writing lyrics and writing songs?
0: Um, I actually was going to get with some hip hop guy and give him my lyrics. I mean, my, my music, so he could turn it into lyrics. But uh, he's not in California anymore, so that kind of fell through. Gotcha. But I would like to. I mean, my stuff is more, you know, what the soul goes through. And I I call myself the self-help poet because a Mm. lot of my poetry is about going through something maybe terrible or something good, but always knowing that you have the power to overcome.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. No, that, that, that definitely makes sense. All right. So, so we spoke about the 10 year old, uh, so high school college area, uh, uh, period. What are we doing with our poetry?
0: Well, in high school I had, you know, Chicago's called the windy city, right? Yep. So <laughs> I, I had a binder with all my poetry because I like writing freehand. And I still do this today, which really creates too, way too many notebooks everywhere. Right. But I like writing it because if there's something about it that relieves anxiety by just doing it longhand. Mm-hmm. And I dropped my binder in a six-corner street and everything flew everywhere. So wow. I had to start all over again. Wow. And I still have... I looked at some of the poetry that I have and I'm thinking how do I fix this to bring it into a book cuz I have a, a ton of it from from you know after high school till now. Right. I took a hiatus there for a while and um but I came back to it and I yeah. had gone and gotten foot surgery. And so I was home and I didn't go to work. And I realized I'm not going back to this job. I hated the job, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I didn't want to go back. And so all I did while I that time off was write and write and write. And that's how I got my first book called Inspire Me Raw. Because I was inspired, and then it's all about raw emotions, like everything I was feeling. And I didn't want to publish it. I was terrified to publish it, but then I knew – I need to get over myself. I was going to use a different name. Mm. I, you know, I didn't want to use my real name. And I go, you know what? Well, how am I going to get over what I go through if I don't allow myself to just be right? Uh, and what I got a lot of when my first release, I had quite a few reviews that said, "Thank you." I didn't, you know, I felt like you were talking about me. Mm. And what I realized that. It actually helped me in return, even though I was really terrified to let people read who I was.
2: Yeah. Were you afraid of the feedback? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you're putting out your vulnerability. Yeah. And then to have someone say, this is crap, this is, you know, <laughs> whatever. It, it, I was terrified of that. Yeah. But I needed to deal with it. You know, how am I going to let it go if I don't let it go?
2: Mm, so how was the feedback?
0: Oh, it was it was one of my best reviewed books ever. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Now it, internally though, your family and friends or whoever around you, like what were you, what were their thoughts? Uh,
0: I think it brought me closer to mm-hmm. some of my family because they wrote back and they said, you know, they when they talked to me, they said I never knew that about I Never you. knew. I never knew and it's in it, it brought me closer to them.
2: Wow. Did it it spark conversation?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, some of it is pretty uh, traumatic. Mm. um, And there's one poem called The Little Girl in the first book that is is pretty um, sad. It's about a child molestation. Mm. And so it's, you know, that's something you don't really want to talk about.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. No, I I have uh, I have three daughters. Oof. You know, uh, seven and under. And uh, that is only reminding me to, you know, uh, continuously have conversation and ask questions, you know, because uh, I understand that in some instances and situations, uh, uh, they may want to keep it to themselves, right?
0: Well, you so- feel shame.
2: Right, right.
0: There's a lot of shame. And then. Like my biggest issue was that my mom would look at me and cry, and I'm like, mm. "You, you know, as a child, you feel it's your fault."
2: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so you, you know, you don't talk about it.
2: Now look at you and cry after she found out.
0: Oh, of course, yeah.
2: Right, because she, she was. The, they didn't know. They didn't. She know. was supposed to know, quote unquote.
0: Well, you know what? It was a one-time occurrence. Thank God. Yeah. But um, it, it just was devastating. And a friend of mine took me down, you know, to this basement to where this guy was. And he was molesting her for God knows how long. And she was wow. only seven.
2: Jeez.
0: Yeah. So it was a, a big deal. I mean, I think I screamed loud enough where I had... I'll send you a copy of it so you can read it. Please. Uh, And... That was, uh, you know, it, but it, it's the shame. You feel like you're dirty. Mm. I think most women, if they get raped or go through anything like that, it's more like you feel like, well, what could I have done? Is it my fault? What did I do? And this is not really your fault. It's the fault of who did this. Mm. You know, and, and they don't get the blame. But I, you know, I, I'm, I am eternally grateful to the Me Too <laughs> movement yeah. because... You don't want to report it because they go, well, that's what you get. But what does a child get? A child doesn't know.
2: Mm. Yeah. Know, so. And then they'll ask the the victim or i don't like using the word victim, the person um, years later when they do come out and say it. Well, why did you take so long? I was a child.
0: I was four years old. Wow. Yeah. And that is something you care, you remember it. You don't remember all the details, but you remember it.
2: Not only remember it, but you were introduced to it. Yeah, that, and you don't know that as a kid, way. You,
0: right? As a kid, you don't know what is happening. You don't understand it. I yeah. knew it was bad because my parents were crying. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I didn't know it was bad before that. I just know that it hurt. But as a kid, you know what do you know? You don't know
1: it's time to create an unforgettable experience at your next event with the poet life by booking a keynote poet poets excite your audience with motivating messages charismatic delivery colorful rhythm powerful prose and heart-filled stories with a style of spoken word that's tailored specifically to your event the poet life has keynote poets in your city of all ages and backgrounds
2: visit thepoetlife.com to learn more and book your poet today When when did you say something? When you were older, oh, that's
0: no, my parents knew then um immediately. And but it was something I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to bring it up because I saw how much it tore them up and I didn't kind of I didn't want them to remember that. Wow. So you carry that because you don't want your parents to hurt. I have amazing parents. They were always loving and there for me. So I'm blessed in that way.
2: Yeah, for sure they still with you
0: believe it or not they are yeah beautiful
2: Beautiful. that's awesome that's awesome did that situation or, or that that um did that transform your poetry at all um what what did that do to or for your poetry
0: well what it in my poetry what it did was um i was able to write about the things that made me feel unsafe like because you do you feel unsafe Mm. and when you grow up in the hood you feel unsafe to begin with because you know you gotta be aware of who's around you around you and so it just added to that so I think a feeling of safety is an issue so I've had to work through that with my poetry and poetry to me is my therapy Mm. you know sometimes I write something and I don't I'm not going to publish it or anything like that. There was one that I wrote that I actually was angry with a friend of mine because of something they said. Mm. And then I said, well, why are they affecting me like that? Because it's me who's reacting. I'm sure that they did not mean it the way I was taking it. So I had to work with that. And I did write a poem because to me it just let out let out the emotion. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to fix it. Because as I'm going back to fix it, I go, well, what part did I have to do with this? I had a big part of it to do too. I have 50% of the res- you know, responsibility. So I worked through that. And then I understood it. The situ the relationship changed. But it's, you know, it's not here or there. I'm not angry with them anymore, but it really helped to write about it.
2: Wow. 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 So when did you publish your first book?
0: In 2017.
2: 2017. So about five years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What was the title of that book?
0: That's Inspire Me Wrong.
2: Got it. Got you. Okay. And, and, and was that self-published or?
0: Yeah. All my books are self-published.
2: Gotcha. For how, now, did you I got,
0: how did I learn how to do that? Yeah. A, a lot of work.
2: I'm sure. That's <laughs> a why I lot asked. of
0: work and a lot of research. I am actually hoping to be more like a hybrid. Okay. Because I do all, you know, you do all the work and what has prevented me from looking for an actual publisher is that I know a guy who got a, a big publishing company. He needed to have his own marketing budget. And, you know, that was like, 35000 $35, dollars because it was a big publisher. It's wow. like wow, you must yeah, that's that's a big publishing budget for some you know coming out of your pocket.
2: Yeah, so, that's not that's not anything slight.
0: Yeah, a thousand or two to do your budgeting. You know, if I had thirty five thousand dollars to in a marketing budget, I wouldn't need a publisher. Right, I could hire people for that. Yeah, yeah,
2: and nowadays influencers and you know the whole nine you know um and, and so you also have your podcast as well so w- what's the direction and what what's the, the podcast about
0: The podcast is called Poetic Resurrection and it's um exploring perceptions because if you really think about life it's all a perception Yeah it's how we look at it Yeah um I I meditate every day because it calms me and I get, I, I get poetry ideas from it. Mm. And so I like, there's one book I wrote called "Akasha uh, follow Akasha dreaming through time. And it's about past lives. I got that all from dreams. So wow. it was, yeah, it was really cool. Wow. <laughs> it, of course I didn't like waking up at three in the morning with like an idea, but, sure. but for that book, it just came to me in dreams And what I do with my poetry and uh, Poetic Resurrection, the podcast, is I interview people because I'm interested in their journey.
2: Sure. And their perspective.
0: Yes, definitely their perspective. And and there's so many different perceptions. Mm
2: -hmm. So many
0: times we get defensive or we get angry over something that, one, was probably not meant to be in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, two, it's how we view it. Yeah. And in one of my meditations, I write a lot of quotes. One of my meditations, the quote came to me that perfection is a perception. Mm. What is perfection? Your perfection is probably different from my perfection.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, um,
2: I don't even believe in perfection.
0: No, I actually think that I love things to be a little off. Mm
1: -hmm. You know,
0: it just, it shows character. It shows being normal. I mean, to me, perfection is plastic. It doesn't mm. seem real.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something with flaws, or someone with flaws, you know, that uh, you can relate to, or or even uh, be comfortable with, is perfect for me.
0: Yeah. Because you're gonna, you know, you learn from people, right? If if someone agrees with you all the time, they would bore the heck out of me.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like don't agree with me. You have yeah. your own mind. I'm sure right. that we don't think about everything the same.
2: Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, challenge, challenge me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't nag me, but challenge me.
0: <laughs> don't insult me. Right. Because there's, <laughs> there's people that put you down, and yeah. it's like, why are you putting me down? I'm not even saying anything to you that's negative or right. you know condescending or anything like that but some people that that's their defense mechanism it's For automatically sure. they shoot to con- being um condescending and Yeah.
2: Now you you said uh what job was that that you said that you
0: I used to I used to manage a property.
2: Oh, okay. Real estate? Yeah. Okay. Got gotcha. you. Managed someone else's property or managed your property? No,
0: someone else. I wish it was mine. Right, it's uh, somebody else's.
2: Got gotcha. you. Okay. So, what did you do from there? Did you you you? Know I actually
0: work? had that foot surgery, and I was uh, on disability for a while, mm-hmm. and it was the best thing ever. I couldn't drive; got my foot was up, and I do not take medication because medication makes me sick. So I don't, yeah. I don't try to take anything. But all these emotions started bubbling up. And I just started writing. I just automatically just went to poetry. Mm. And I was working from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep. I was writing poetry. Mm-hmm. It was just all coming. So I just had to write it. And that's how I got my first book was wow. during that period. Yeah. And it came out, it came out later that year, like in September of 2017.
2: Yeah. Beautiful things come out of tough situations.
0: Yes. I would wow. love beautiful things to come out of beautiful situations. Wouldn't sure. that be a trip, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. The, the beautiful things that I write about is, you know, like my family, okay. like my parents, because they've always been there for me. And You know, my heritage is Puerto Rican. They came from Puerto Rico in the 50s. You know, my dad's this little dark man. And Mm -hmm. could you imagine not speaking Spanish, English and coming to Chicago? He told me a story that he was walking around downtown Chicago just asking people for work. Because yeah. he had nowhere to stay, he just was looking for work. That's the only reason he went to Chicago. Yeah, and because there wasn't enough work in Puerto Rico, even though Puerto Rico is part of the United States, we're all we're all American citizens anyway. Sure, it was you know trying to find work, and he yeah. didn't know how to speak English, so.
2: Mm. Yeah. And he learned. And he learned. How long did it take from learn?
0: Uh I don't. It, it's weird. You know when. When you are from a a culture that speaks a different language, you go to the neighborhood that speaks that language.
2: You immerse yourself.
0: Yes. And so we would translate for my parents. Mm. They, They understood it, but they never really, and they speak it, but it was very broken. We grew up in a neighborhood that had a lot of Spanish speaking people. So it was easy for them to stay speaking Spanish. But they, you know, knew enough to work and understand what their bosses were saying and right. things
2: like that. Is the term Hispanic derogatory?
0: I don't find it. I mean, we've been called so many things, you know. Right. I mean?
2: <laughs> right.
0: We're Hispanic, then Latino, then Latinx, then you know. It's as long as you don't call me a derogatory term, I think I'm right. okay with uh, you understanding it. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think it's for me is um, when 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 you don't know if the person is Puerto Rican or Mexican, right? And so, what term should a person use in that instance?
0: Latinx, I guess, is the newest term that's used. Gotcha. Yeah, because okay. uh, you could tell sometimes from facial facial how we look facially. Okay. Um, Puerto Ricans can look African or European. And Mexican people can look also European, but uh, more indigenous. I see. Yeah, they could look more indigenous than than we do.
2: You know, I used to live in Seoul, South Korea. Really? I used to live in Seoul, South Korea for a year. That was uh, the, the year of 2007, 2008. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and I was there to teach English. And and that was a, um, it was a running uh, running joke even with my Korean counterparts that they could tell between a Korean and uh, a, a, a Japanese person they could they could but no one else could.
0: Well, uh, I live in California, so we have all of them here, and I've learned to tell the difference. Really? Yeah, because. Uh I have friends that are Japanese and Chinese and Korean. Yeah. And once you like know them and you hang out with them, you but start that's the to thing, see it's different.
2: It, it is yes, different. It, yes, if you know them, but like if you were just to see them, you know, it, it was just, just difficult to tell w- what nationality they were.
0: It is. It, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's like um just because you're European doesn't mean you're out, you know, from Italy because right. Italians look different from the French and, but they're all European, you know, it's yeah. a bone structure that, that tells people what area you're from.
2: For sure. For sure. You know, I, one thing I really appreciate and, and uh, value um, as it relates to Latinx, mm-hmm. you know um, you know, the resilience, the resilience um, I had, I had uh, some trees fall in our yard and, I, you know, Monday I'm waiting for the truck person to come and pick it up. I put it on the curb, but they never came. And uh, uh, a person of Latinx descent, uh, you know, knocked on my door and basically explained to me that they're not, they're not coming. You know, I was like, <laughs> why? Was like, why? Uh, they were like, well, it has to be in those Those brown paper bags, and you have to chop it up and all. I was like, "Are you serious? The tree fell in my yard. Why, you know?" And and was it a city tree? Well, I don't know if it's considered. It's on my my property.
0: No, that's your tree. Yeah, (laughs)
2: right. (laughs) I have like three big granddaddy trees in, in my yard, and I mean, stuff falls from those trees all year round. Oh, you know, and so it's just like fall all year round in my yard, you know, uh, and, and soon I'm cutting all of them down. Um, really? I, it's 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 wor- it's so much work. Oh, I am it's mean, a
0: shame the tree that's like, you know, grandfather know, tree is over 100 years old.
2: But it's like it's like seven different leaves and whatever sap, you know, oh. sap gets on my car, yeah. you know. But, but my, my, my direction was, you know, he asked, you know, if he could do it for him. I was like, oh, most definitely, you know, and I, and I paid him. But, you know, I just I just really value work ethic. You know, what I mean, and the fact that, you know, uh, he drove by, saw that and created work for himself and created an income just out of that was and now he's my guy. Like, I, that's who I call. You know, and um, man, I, 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 I really love that uh, because I'm, I'm just a man of, you know, work ethic, you know, so it's just inspiring to me.
0: Yeah, there's something that I, I, I admire that too, when someone, mm-hmm. they know what they, in whatever field you pick in life, yeah, you know, have good work ethic. I've mm-hmm. worked with people. That I swear to you, they move so slow. But what people don't understand, if you don't work at a, a job and everybody else has to work, they have to pick up your load. Yeah. That that to me is unkind. And someone like that, I cannot tolerate lazy people. I have yeah. to tell you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that means somebody else has got to do the work for you and you're getting the paycheck and they're not getting part of your paycheck because you're not working.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's that's definitely key. How how long have you been doing your podcast?
0: It's only been like a year. Uh, it's a little over a year, like a year and two months or something.
2: Mm. How how often do you upload? Every week. So how's it been?
0: It has been. It's been a lot of work because Earth. I well yeah because when I do an interview, then I just I'll clean up the interview if I'm interviewing someone. And, you know, then I do all the social media and the, the marketing of it is work and then mm-hmm. cleaning it up. But then when I do, because I don't do interviews every week, I create content. And usually like the last one I wrote about was contentment. What co- What is contentment? You know, mm. so I have to find the music to put to that. And then I have to do research and find quotes and look mm-hmm. at what psychologists. So, my little less than ten minute segment took me at least one day to create.
2: Mm. So I,
0: I actually was thinking maybe I should do this every two weeks and not every, <laughs> <laughs> not every week because it's it's a lot. No, of work. it's
2: work. But I don't think people understand. No, they don't. The editing is no joke. Uh, I do my best to have a, uh, a seamless conversation. So, so I don't have to do too much. Uh, with the meat of the of the video file. So I pretty much just have to do the the intro and the outro and put my little commercials in there. You know, uh so 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 I appreciate you and all of my guests for for uh helping me you know keep the conversations flowing uh because if I had to edit all the way through good god almighty you know and I
0: have done that yeah I had yeah. a really what's the hardest
2: part or what, what's, what are the parts that you feel that you need to edit? Like, you know, per episode. Well,
0: uh, I, the, what I edit, cause I don't change what people say and I don't move things around. Yeah. It's the uh, lip right. smacking, right. the, um, 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 you know? Yes. And people have catchphrases, which I love. But sometimes I use them too much. I had one guy, he would always say, You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. And it's cute three times in a podcast. I learned that from being an actor. You, do, you don't do things more than three times. Otherwise, it's like, Oh, okay. So I cleaned that up. Yeah, I've been very lucky to have really good guests. Sure. And my guests are, you know, they could be famous and they could be just someone that's writing poetry who has sure. a beautiful journey that I want to know about because it's really more about the journey. They just happen to be writers or leaders or therapists. Cause I do interview a variety, but yeah, I go for the journey because sometimes the person next door has got the most interesting
2: journey. Most definitely.
0: You know, that, that it just me, my point at the end of the podcast is how can I make you feel better as a listener? How sure. can this podcast help you? And in turn, I make my guests look really good because I think that they took their time to be on the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to make them look good. Sure. So th- that's basically the the goal of it. It's to make them sound good. Sure. And um, to get a message across that maybe can help the audience.
2: For sure. For sure. Who do, who do you use, or what platform do you use? I use Anchor.
0: I have two podcasts.
2: Whoa. Poetic Resurrection Whoa, is I'm, working.
0: Yes, is on Podbean because gotcha. that one I could, you know, um, yeah. regulate the. Um, I could regulate the commercials if I uh, want to, because it's more of a meditation. I mean, there's meditation on it. It's more like to self help you. Mm-hmm chica and the man is on anchor and that's not an interview it's just me and um my my another podcaster and we just talk about whatever you know so we used the name chica and the man
2: chica and the man Mm -hmm. so you're chica Uh, yep okay
0: (laughs) i was and this is a side note because i you know i'm puerto rican right so uh and he's a white guy. So I, w- I was looking to call it the Puerto Rican and the white guy, but that was taken.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So he a- came
0: up with Chica and the man and he's just a fun person to talk with. You know, we just, uh, we just bent about yeah. whatever.
2: Is that weekly too?
0: No, it's monthly. Cause he has two podcasts besides Ooh. he's a okay. PR guy and he's also um mystery writer. His name is uh uh, Alex Greenwood. And he write. he has a whole series of mystery novels. And, uh, but that's what he does. So he's, you know, really busy on that end. So I'm the one, I'm actually producing Chica and the
3: Man. Poet Life University welcomes you to the world of creation, thoughts, expertise, and professionalism by offering technical knowledge, practical support, creative encouragement and whatever it takes for you to create the poetry career that you've always desired, but never knew was possible. And the best part is we have professional poets from around the world as professors to teach you everything they've learned throughout their poetry careers. We are currently offering several eight-week live courses that will help you gain a deep understanding of poetry, become confident in your work as a poet and writer, Learn how to start your own business with the help of an expert. Enjoy the freedom that comes from being able to pursue what you love on your terms. Are you ready to take your poetry to the next level? Learn with others by dooming for the future from the comfort of your home. Get in touch with us at www.poetlifeuniversity.com and enroll today.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. So if it's monthly, how long are the episodes? About an hour. About an hour.
0: Okay. Yeah, I wish it was more because all we do is vent for an hour. You know, we just talk about whatever. Like the last one we did, we talked about cars and what cars we got and you know how I had a six day Camaro that was always broken down. And <laughs> so we just we just talk about it. It's light because poetic resurrection is a little heavier. Mm-hmm. It you know, it talks about looking at yourself, your perceptions. You know, I've had therapists on there that cover trauma. And because of that, I didn't want another podcast that was heavy. Right. So this one is, it's light. We laugh a lot. We, you know, tell jokes and stuff like that. So it's light.
2: Yeah. Where are you, where you see yourself taking your poetry? What's the plan? What's the trajectory?
0: Well, um, one of the things that I do like is giving readings. And I, you know, talking to people, like one of my poems that I wrote is called Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's about a, a abused woman. I did not personally go through that. I saw a woman as a child and she was being abused by her husband. So it talks about that. And the month about, um was it the woman's month that deals with uh, abuse? I forget the hotline. They put there's a month for that. They mm-hmm. were actually considering the poem for wow. that their event when that was like in 2017. Because I think the the month for that is October, and it just came out with the book. So uh, they were interested in that poem because it discusses you know when you're in a in a relationship like that, you think things are going to get better, right? children together and you know you think that you can change it and have a happy home but it really doesn't change
2: Mm. wow wow so if if in an ideal world in a perfect world you would see yourself where exactly as it relates to poetry like
0: oh okay that that was the question wasn't it yes (laughs) um i see myself uh Uh, doing public speaking Mm. i would love to do a ted talk um reading to people seeing how i can influence it really makes me feel good to know excuse me it really makes me feel good to know that i'm helping someone Mm -hmm. so it would be great to make money while you're doing that uh and so you know going on tour with it i would love to travel Mm. and Talk to people as I travel. To me, travel is so important. You learn about other people, you learn about the cultures, you learn about the belief systems. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a plethora of information out there that you can use for writing.
2: Yeah, definitely. Do you do this full time or
0: writing? No, I. You know, I I have a regular job that I do part time, and then the rest of the time I'm working on the podcast and my
2: books. Gotcha. Gotcha. Has any has anyone reached out to kind of use your, your content for their platform or to leverage well,
0: your well the only one that did was you know the 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 hotline the views gotcha. hotline gotcha for my poetry about that. I have um been a mentor for uh right girl for I was more involved earlier now I'm kind of busy but that that's a good platform i mean um uh gorman came from there she she went to right girl
2: really yeah amanda gorman
0: amanda gorman thank you i was wow. thinking samantha i go no that's not right <laughs> she would, you just <laughs> yeah she went there she went to a very good uh school as well that a friend of mine uh was the a director of some department there So she is, uh, you know, it's a good program for girls between 13 and 18. Okay. I I just have gotten busy. And when the pandemic hit, we were doing everything online. It wasn't the same as like you take two or, you know, you have one girl or two girls that you mentor for that day. And since I'm a poet, I would always work with their poetry. And it's amazing how great some of these girls are, what they can write. So that's what I would like to do. Mentor more, but one more where i can actually see that i'm making a difference so um but that's it
2: that's awesome
0: life shouldn't be so hard it should just be where you can help people and that's really satisfying as long as you can support yourself as long as you have the three things you need shelter food and uh, money i guess and companion and so you know people around you for sure we don't really sure. need a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, that's very true. That's very true. And and um, and if people, you know, at the very least, at the foundation of it all, uh, focused on that, you know, definitely you want to be ambitious and and be progressive and and keep on building, you know. Uh, but the stress, you definitely want to do your best to control the amount of stress that you put yourself in.
0: And we put ourselves in it because we give it power. Yeah. There was an episode I did on animism, and that is like you give your soul. Some cultures believe that you give your soul away every time you own something, because that's what makes it so hard to get rid of. You know, mm. you put a memory to it or you put you gave it power. And now you're spreading your power among property. That really doesn't mean anything. The first time you get it, it's exciting. You know, you mm-hmm. got, got a new house, you got a new car, new computer. You're excited about all of this. After a while, it's just there. It's something yeah. you use. But, you know, you, you need the shelter. So that's a good, that was a good investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But half the time we give away so much power. You know, we want to have the fanciest cars and the top of the line everything. And it's all marketing. To me, it's so manipulative. Yeah, it's like I don't want to be manipulated by marketing. I think marketing is great because you inform people that this product is available. Mm -hmm. But to but that fear marketing, if you don't buy my product, you're going to die. You're going to lie on the floor for three (laughs) days, you know.
1: (laughs)
2: Right, right.
0: It's that's to me, I find that abusive marketing.
2: Yeah. You know, and a lot of people speak of capitalism. You know, uh, but I think a lot of people misinterpret capitalism, you know, I I think capitalism is related to what you just spoke of, you know, when when you're doing it, uh, you know, not to help, but to help yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, but a lot of people misconstrue capitalism for making money altogether.
0: Yeah, um, no, it, it you can make. I mean, there's a lot of really good people out there that help, who have books that help everybody. Yeah, and you know, um, can you hear?
2: <laughs> okay, no, you're good.
0: The gardeners are here.
2: Oh, as um, well.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, and like the one of the things that I've because re- I I I'm always looking at people and studying people. I once wanted to be into therapy. Mm. But, uh, you know, like help people through therapy. But then I I don't think I have the personality to listen to eight hours of someone complaining. So, Mm -hmm. But what I notice is if something makes you really angry or if something makes you hurt, really ask yourself why. Because I find that that's manipulation. That's how you get people all pissed off and they all want to do something. And Mm -hmm. you get the, you know, the lynch mobs all together and... It, and it's that's manipulation. Someone is pulling at something that they know will work and ma- to manipulate you. And sure. we gotta question that. We have to question why we feel that way before we react.
2: Definitely, that is so key. That mm-hmm. is so key. Uh, a, a big part of that is, is self awareness. Yeah, you know, and, and knowing who who you are, uh, but sad thing is a lot of people don't necessarily know who they are and And they don't want to know yeah yeah and this the other sad part of it is that's how they get duped and that's how they're gullible you know because they're they let people tell them who they are and who they should be and they listen follow suit
0: yeah i think a lot of that just comes from laziness some people just want to be told what to do because they can't deal with life and they don't want to think Unfortunately, you're here. You know, you're you're gonna think I'm I'm a believer in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And I have a a story for you, I'll tell you about it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And the reason I believe in reincarnation is because there's in in each lifetime, there's no way you could learn everything you have to learn. Mm -hmm. There's just not, not to me. There's so much knowledge out there that you're not having. But at the same time, do you want to keep reliving the same life over and over again because you haven't learned your lesson? You know, I'm not suicidal and I don't want to be because I, <laughs> I love life and I'm looking forward to it, but I would not want to relive my life, even though I think I have a pretty good life, but I've had a lot of situations in my life that were really testing mm. and I don't want to live through that again. So I am going to make the best of this life, learn what I need to learn so I can move on. I'm not going to be lazy about my own soul.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that is, um, that's heavy. If you could, if you could leave something with the people that could really, you know, from your perspective, we've been talking about perspective, uh, if you could leave something for, with the people, uh, what would that be to kind of, you know, put them in a good place mentally?
0: Learn to love yourself. Be mm-hmm. easy on yourself. We're all here to learn. We're human. We make mistakes. It, you can't hold on to that for the rest of your life. Believe me, I've I've held on to things that until I released my first book, I didn't let go of. I thought I did because I was able to talk about it, but I I didn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So know that you're you're good enough. I think we're so hard on ourselves, and you know, someone makes a comment, and we take it to heart, and we think that that is true, and. You don't need other people to tell you you have value, if you know you have value, and I think that's the hardest part is knowing you have value.
2: Yeah, that's good stuff. I think the 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 part that confuses people a lot of times is social media, <sighs> because we're seeing everybody, quote unquote, winning and traveling and buying cars and houses and 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 we're seeing that on a daily hourly every minute basis and uh then you look at your life and all you do is go to your nine to five or whatever it is that you're doing and you're like i'm not doing anything you know yeah yeah
0: Yeah. well if you think about it these people are doing the highlights of their uh, life, like. not the, not the everyday. And if you see someone being successful with something, it's because they did it a hundred times before they recorded it. Yeah. Or, you know, you see someone with all these tricks that they can do. This is not a one-time occurrence. They had to study that. And I think that's the thing. People don't want to work at it to get there. They just want to get there. Yep. And it's, you know, when people say you have a child prodigy, now granted, some people just have that kind of mind that picks sure. up everything just like that. But they practice, they've been playing. When I wrote poetry, I've been writing poetry for 20 years before I let a book come out. So wow. it's not something that, that I just came up with. You know, like I decided to write poetry. It's something that was in you. And most people know from a child what they're good at. They It re- doesn't make money, like you said earlier about poetry. Well, you can't make money on poetry. You can make money if you write lyrics. You can make money on poetry, too. Put out a book. Take a chance. If you yep. want to start writing that novel, start with the first line.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
0: all you need to do. You just need to start.
2: That's what it is right there. Folks, you just need to start. and And start ugly. Start messy. But just start. I want to start vlogging uh we're going on a journey a grammy journey uh we're, we're producing an album uh, called the, the the poet life album and it will be a uh, compilation album uh, of poets around the country and beyond and uh, we're submitting it to the grammys for 2023 and uh, i want to start blogging the entire vlogging i should say vlogging video blogging, the um, uh, the process, and, you know, I've never been one to desire to be on the camera, you know, even in this instance, it took me a few years to build up the confidence to be the host of this podcast, you know, and uh, uh, I think I'm going to start today. I'm just going to start no matter how, you know, crazy it looks. I'm going to start turning my phone camera on and and get to it Uh, because the longer you wait or procrastinate, Mm -hmm. your moment is leaving you.
1: We at The Poet Life are excited to invite you to be a part of something that we've all been longing for. For far too long, each and every one of us have been searching for a way to get connected with like-minded people specifically poets who have the desire to make poetry their career. We've all heard more than once from more than one person that there is no money in poetry. This couldn't be further from the truth. Your poetry is invaluable. Allow us to show you how successful you can be with your poetry. Learn how you can go from being an individual poet to launching a business that offers poetry as a service. Join us as we build the poetry industry together the Poetry Business Network that is made of poets from all over the world who are looking to start their career in the poetry industry, or simply do more with their poetry. We will meet twice a week on a Zoom call, every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You will have the opportunity to meet and network with poets from all walks of life. You will also have the privilege of meeting and learning from the best professional poets in the world. Many of them have been guests on the Poet Life Podcast. We have also incorporated a book club where we read personal development books to help us change our mindset. In order for us to realize our greatness as professional poets, we must renew our minds. So, for just $1, you can check out the Poetry Business Network to see if you like it. We are confident that you will. If you choose to become a member after the first week, membership will be $79 a month. But if for whatever reason you don't, you can cancel at any time. There is no obligation. So, make the investment of just $1 and change the way you see and pursue poetry. We hope you become a part of the Poetry Business Network. Together, we can build the poetry industry.
0: It's leaving you, and while it's leaving you, you're like, ah, but, you know, I don't, I'm don't, i not good enough. Then you start making all these excuses. Well, the lighting's not good. And, and me as an actor who, who's worked on professional TV shows and movies... You know, I'm thinking, oh, the lighting has to be good or this has to be good. or this. Right. Or, if it's not good, then I'm not going to start. But B.S., yes, look at all the popular TikTok uh, things and and memes that are out there. Just, and they in a were
2: messy just, kitchen, just dancing. Up.
0: <laughs> yes. You know, it's people. And, we, you know, even though social media can be deterrent in terms of ourselves in, in accepting ourselves, it also makes us laugh. And you look at it, and people are just having fun. And many of them that are popular, people are just having fun. So go out and have you,
2: fun. You, you said it perfectly. Uh, um, have fun, right? So so those things that make you afraid, those things that you're fearful of, make it fun. Find a way to make it fun. Yeah. Like really sit down and think about it. How can I make this fun? If it's doing it with your sister, your best friend, your brother, make it fun. And then it takes the veil of fear off of it.
0: It does. Because as an actor, when I have an audition, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about all of it. But I said, you know, I'm going to go in and have fun. Because the reality is a casting director wants to see you enjoy yourself. They actually want you to do good. They don't want you to do bad. Right. Right. Because you know, then you're wasting their time. Right. So they actually want you to do well. So just go in and have fun with it. And if it's a dramatic role, you know, just when I have to do a dramatic role where you have to cry and do all this other kind of stuff, I just what, what level of crying do I have to do? Is it a family member that passed? Mm. Is it a, you know someone I don't know, a neighbor? Because there's different levels of pain. Yeah. And but still have fun with it and know that it's it's only a movie. It's only a TV show.
2: For sure, for sure. Folks, have fun with it. We we encourage you all to run toward your fears and have fun with your fears. How about that one? Have fun with your with fears. With your
0: fears, no. And it's true because you know a fear comes because we learned it, or we actually think that our life is in danger. And I really, yeah. our lives are not in danger twenty four seven. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're good,
2: Sonia. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you carving out some time to, you know, uh, have a conversation with me. And I look forward to being a guest on your show.
0: Oh, I can't wait to have you on
2: there. Most, definitely. and that was uh, poetic resurrection. What was resurrection. it?
0: Again? Poetic resurrection.
2: Nice. Everybody listening, viewing, go subscribe go subscribe to Sonia's podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, like, like literally go subscribe because I'm going to be a, a guest on her, on her podcast. And so uh, uh, we don't want you to miss that. And I think what we should do uh, is kind of release them close around the same time. And uh, so I'll, I'll coordinate with you uh, around your schedule and uh, uh, make sure that we kind of cross promote uh because that's what it's about you know is is, that's what it's about and so uh i look forward to uh engaging with your 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 uh your followers and your uh subscribers and and vice versa you know with mine so i'm sure they they're enjoying this conversation here and so i encourage everyone to go follow uh sonia on her instagram that's poetic sonia uh real simple real easy to remember And um, uh, what can they look forward uh, from you, Uh, Sonia? Anything you want to drop?
0: Yes, um, my books are all available on Amazon and I am uh, working on a new book called, it's the third in the uh, series of Inspire Me and it's called In Time of Need and that one's going to include meditations as well because in time of need, which we've gone through is, is something that we need and uh, check it check us out i mean if you want to have something lighter go to chica and the man that comes out once a month but poetic resurrection really if you want to start discovering and being more aware it's a great podcast for that because it deals all with perceptions and they get awesome. a lot of poetry there too
2: beautiful sonia iris lozada thank you so much uh everyone if you want more information about what The Poet Life is doing, go to thepoetlife.com. Uh, you can even uh, check out our, our website for the for the podcast, which is poetlifepodcast.com. Uh, if you want to learn how to create a poetry career uh, and do just do more with your poetry, go to poetlifeuniversity.com and enroll. Uh, we have about seven courses coming up within uh, two or three weeks. And uh, like I said, one of the courses is how to turn your poems into songs. And so uh, if you're saying there's no money in poetry, you know, there's money in music. So so in turn, there's money in poetry. (laughs) So so. Right. Uh, Songwriters make a lot of money. All right. So so learn to turn your poems into songs. Uh, What else we have going on? Uh, Oh, if you want some gear. Poet Life gear, can't really see it right now, but you can now. All right, go to, go to poetlifegear.com and, and and get some and get some gear because we have another show called Rocking the Poet Life. And uh, all of the customers uh, also become the guest on the show. So if you buy a hat or shirt or whatever it might be, uh, you automatically become a guest on the show called Rocking the Poet Life. You can check out that uh, on Poet Life TV on YouTube where the podcast is as well. And uh, thank you. Thank you for checking out the podcast. And we look forward to the next episode. Sonia, thank you so much. We appreciate you.
0: Thank you.